everybody, and welcome back to Wish Upon a Star, episode 19, and we are on Pink Elephants on Parade! That's... Why are you singing the Mickey's Sorcerer's Apprentice song? That's a totally different thing. Is that not how this marching song goes? No. No, this is... Are not all marching songs the same song? No, this is a parade song. That was a, uh brooms marching see it's much different when elephants <laughs> march than when brooms march because elephants have four legs and brooms oh. have bristle legs i don't know millions of multiplying <laughs> bristle legs crawling on your body ah. that is a sort of apt comparison though between those two songs you have i mean elephants don't march brooms don't march you also and have yet. the fact and if they do and you also have the fact that this song is kind of like Fantasia. It's sort of reminiscent of that. It really is. Yeah, Oliver Wallace, who wrote this song... Wait, Frodo. We never said our names. Oh. I'm Frodo the lawyer. <laughs> I'm Amanda the person. Let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Oliver Wallace, who wrote this song, he did the score for Dumbo, whereas Frank Churchill was more known for being a songwriter. So you can maybe see that sort of influence where he, he has a lot more music and less talking mm-hmm. with these images. But if you think back to Fantasia, this kind of reminds me of the Toccata and Fugue, which had similar dreamlike, abstract, uh, surrealist oh, yeah. drawings along with the music. Uh, you had clouds in the Toccata and Fugue, and this one ends with clouds. So I can see this, the parallels and the similarities. No, this song feels like a huge, like, screw you to people who hated Fantasia. Like, we can put our Fantasia sequence in every movie we do from now on. Get ready for yeah. a dream, Bambi. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things I like, I do like this song, though, and mm-hmm. I like, I like a lot of the lyrics. Can I, can I share some of my favorite lyrics with you right off the bat? Yeah, 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 go ahead. So, you've got, so this is how it starts off, and I really like, I do like this bit. They're black, they're brown, they're up, they're down, they're in, they're out, they're all about. They're there, they're they're far, they're near, they're gone, they're here, they're quick and slick and insincere. Beware, beware, be very wary, bear. A heffalumpa woozle is very confusal. The heffalumpa woozle is very sly, 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 sly. I like that sly, sly, sly bit. Honestly, I think you're a little bit confusled, because that doesn't sound like the song I listen to. Um, really? Let me let me read some yeah, let me read some more of the lyrics from the song I listened to, and we can see if it's the same one. Uh, okay, for I could stand I could stand the sight of worms and look at microscopic germs, but Technicolor mm-hmm. pachyderms is really too much for me. So is that is that this from the song yeah. you listened to? It sounds yeah yeah. I mean, and I, then he goes, they're green, they're blue, they're pink, they're white, they're round, they're square, mm-hmm. they're a terrible sight. They tie themselves in horrible knots. They come in stripes, polka dots. Beware, beware, be a very wary bear. Yeah, and when things are odd and things are quaint, but seeing things you know that ain't certainly can give you an awful fright. All right, so... so yeah, uh, size, you know, size, size. Yeah, we're definitely talking about the same song. There's no way there could be two Disney songs that both talk about elephants and have surrealist qualities and I mean, dreamlike I... hallucinations and multicolored and, uh, pachyderms, so they must all be the same song. There's no That would have been pretty funny if we'd listened to two <laughs> different songs, you know? I mean, the only way I could see this happening is if Disney had made Pink Elephants on Parade, and it was fine, mm-hmm. but then they realized they could make it so much better with Heffalumps and Woozles, and then they did that, and that's actually a much better song than this one. I guess that's the only option Whoa. here, actually. Oh. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, might, I might disagree. I, I'm a big fan of Pink Elephants on Parade, um, but... Uh, I guess I've given away the bit. Yes, there there are two songs. Uh, <laughs> oh no, we, people we, were so confused. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe they were. I don't know. Um, yes. Pink Alpha on Friday is very similar to Half Lumps and Woozles, which is later, like 20 or 30 years later, in Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. And yes. Yeah. But you said you're more of a fan of that second one. Why is that? What, what what don't you like about... Let's focus more on this one. I guess, what don't you like about Pink Elephants? I mean, I just feel like it has so little purpose in what it's doing. Also, this song freaked me the heck out when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a lot of memories of it, but I remember... Like, when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, no. I remember this. I remember hating this. Mm-hmm. Half Lumps and Woozles for some reason did not because I just probably said I just love Pooh Bear so much that like nothing could take that away from me because he's my boy. You're friends with Tigger too, right? Yeah, well, I was. Um, and I was actually friends with Eeyore before I was friends with Tigger. But then, mm. you know, I, Eeyore just thought I was a little tall for him, which like mm. I get that a lot. Um, you know, all my original yeah. boyfriends really felt the same way. But Tigger understands me, so it's fine. But if I wanted their autographs, like you could hook me up? I could hook you up with, okay. with either one of their autographs, yeah. I can nice. probably help you out with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, like, Pink Elephants on Parade just, like, sticks out of the story. Like, it just kind of, like, okay, here's Dumbo, a somewhat mediocre racist movie. Ah, Pink Elephant <laughs> Parade sequence! And then back to the racism, which I guess, compared to the racism, it's a better thing, although there's still mm. some issues in this song. But, like, I don't know, it doesn't, it's not like, it doesn't... I Like, there's some parts of it that make it propel the story forward, but overall, just kind of, like... I would like this to be done. I would like for somehow Dumbo to be even shorter than it is. Yeah, well, I'm going to kind of push back on that a little bit. I think mm-hmm. that this does serve the story a little bit. And why don't I say how we lead into this story-wise? Okay. So last episode, we had the clown song. Clowns were drinking. They were going to go ask the Big Boss for a raise. And as mm-hmm. they were walking out, while singing their song, they knock a champagne glass into a bucket of water. A, shampo- a champagne bottle. As you know, if you've drank champagne before, you know, near a, near a bucket of water, <laughs> uh, you don't, you don't want to make, you don't want to drop it in because boy, oh, oh boy, is it, it's going to turn the whole thing orange and bubbly, like immediately just from one bottle. Yep. Um, <laughs> so Dumbo, what ends up happening is when he comes back from baby mine, he is sad. He gets some hiccups. And he is instructed by Timothy Mouse to to drink some of this water, and that's that's yeah, this mysterious barrel yeah, water. That's that's what gets him drunk. Good call. Um, so for what it's worth, I was very curious as to whether or not this was in any way possible. Um, not because I want I too wanted to experience pink elephants on parade, but I was like, how how could this how could this be? What's the logic behind this? <laughs> I wanted to know one: could you get an elephant drunk, and two. Could you do anything to to cause these sort of visual hallucinations? So my my um this research paper is twofold. <laughs> There's an actual research paper on this. <laughs> no, this this is my personal <laughs> research paper that I'm creating off this project. Oh, okay. Um. So, okay. so first off, could any sort of drink cause these hallucinations? The answer to that is in fact no. No. So champagne obviously does not cause hallucinations. Um, but. What what happened when I? No. <laughs> Pretty interesting senior year you had there, Frodo. Um, and so people usually think, you think, okay, visual hallucinations, drink. What do you think? Let's see if you can guess it. LSD. No, that's not a drink. No. Absinthe? Absinthe, correct. Yeah. Good. Points for Professor Frodo. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Nice, I knew a thing. You get one point to Ravenclaw. Um, so this is taken directly from HowStuffWorks.com. 
But um, the chemical that takes all the blame for absinthe hallucinogenic re- reputation is um, thujone, thujone, which is worm, like a component of wormwood. Um, That's like a thing which that is they, what pe- they, you know, use in fantasy novels, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, wormwood, you know essence of wormwood and that's what causes in people's mind the hallucinogenic effect of absinthe Mm -hmm. but the thing is that there actually is no evidence that um this ingredient causes hallucinations Mm -hmm. in absinthe um it's just like super toxic (laughs) yeah actually um speaking of toxic when the uh when the clowns open their champagne bottle, they actually refer to it as poison. So you, we do get some mixed messages here about okay. alcohol and Disney. Clearly, someone at Disney thinks that alcohol is bad because they call it poison. Yet, yeah. Uh, if we follow the song along, the fact that Dumbo ends up drinking turns out to seem pretty fun. You know, he ends up blowing all these fun bubbles, having these fun hallucinations, although they could be kind of scary, and then he ends up flying. So, I don't know. Things, right. things work out pretty well, given that this is poison. So yeah. there's no actual, like... There's no real drink that'll make you hallucinate like this. Like, if you're having visual hallucinations, you're on drugs. That's kind of the <laughs> thing that that is. Like, even, yeah. like, if you're having, like, a psychotic break, those don't usually lead to visual hallucinations. Those are generally... Mm-hmm. Like, there are some that will, but most of those are auditory hallucinations. So, like, you're on some drugs. Now, could there be drugs in the water? Maybe. I don't know much about the prevalence of drugs in the circus. Mm-hmm. Now, the second part. Could you get Dumbo drunk? For this article, I have drawn scientificamerican.com from an article called Fact or Fiction, Animals Like to Get Drunk. <laughs> There's, like, stories all over the place about animals who like to get drunk. Like, it's a big, like, urban legend thing about beers who pass out after binging on beer. And, like, elephants um, in India who uproot a utility pole and then electrocute themselves after oh. they guzzle a homemade rice bu- brew. Um, and there's actually even in um, Charles Darwin's The Descent of Man, he notes that monkeys have a strong taste for spirituous liquors in beer. Oh, right. Is that actually really evidence mm-hmm. that animals do that? So th- some research shows that a few creatures like in the wilds of the Malaysian rainforest will drink like fermented flowers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like they'll get into alcohol based things that have like the sort of content of like beer essentially in their alcohol content. But that seems to actually be because that means it's at its most caloric, mm. which makes sense based on sort of my college experience. <laughs> and so, like, when it's giving off that sort of yeasty smell, it's the most caloric. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem to have an actual, like, drunkenness effect on them. It, they'll come back to it again. So it might be messing with their brains in some way, but they don't seem to be getting drunk off of it. It's just, like, a good way for the flowers to get their pollen spread, and they get a high caloric intake of something. And now regretting that we didn't uh, ask this to Natalie when she was here last week i know i know but i do actually have a thing about elephants in here elephants all right yeah it specifically talks about elephants (laughs) uh so there is some like local lore around some elephants that elephants will get intoxicated from the fermented fruit of the marula tree Mm -hmm. now elephants do seem to have a taste for alcohol according to this um article from smithsonian magazine yes but the thing is is that one, the f- fruit that's on the ground is the fermented fruit, like that's the alcoholic fruit. And elephants aren't eating fruit off the ground because one, they're classy, and two, <laughs> they eat it from the trees. That's why they have like trunks and stuff. Yeah. But also, an elephant would need to eat like seven hundred of these fermented <laughs> fruits to get drunk. Well, but that's the thing. Dumbo is a baby elephant. Did you take into account how he weighs much less, and fifty percent of his body weight is ears? It's true, but if you're looking at <laughs> Let's see. What do you think? What percentage of elephant do you think Dumbo is? Like, how many Dumbos could you fit into one full size elephant? I would say maybe six. 
six Dumbos. Mm. So that means that he needs about... He needs 116 Marula Fruits to get drunk. Okay, and and ha- do you have a conversion rate between Marula Fruits and Champagne in a giant I'll bucket? get there. Okay. This is, this is high-tech stuff. This is I know, this, this is the most scientific we've ever been on Wishapata Star. This is... This is Amanda Science Corner. She's a science. Wait, what? She's a science. <laughs> She's, She's science. a science. She's a science. <laughs> okay, so a marula fruit, you could fit like five, like four in the palm of your hand. Okay, so let's say four. And I could probably fit like eight palms of my hand into a bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I still don't think it would be enough to get him drunk. I feel like if he just chugged an entire bottle of champagne... Then mm. maybe he would feel something, but probably not enough to get him hallucinating. And the other thing is that he doesn't drink. The champagne bottle goes into the tub of water. Some of it's already been right. drank by the clowns, and Dumbo doesn't even drink much of it. So, yeah, I think that the more likely hypothesis is that this drink was laced with something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Other hypothesis: this movie is garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so my question would be. If it is laced with something, do you think Timothy Mouse slipped him something? Or do you think that uh, this bucket of water had something else in it? I mean, I think the better question is, did Timothy Mouse incept him? Oh. Because you know what it's time for? It's Amanda's Theory Corner. She's a person. Okay, yeah, so I think that, like, Dumbo falls asleep. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe he has a little too much water. Maybe he has just enough of the of the champagne spread out there to make him just a little sleepy. You know how you get sleepy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, as, as a human being who has, you know, needs, yeah, people, you get a little sleepy sometimes. Yeah. Sleep, yeah. sleep is a thing that people do. That's sometimes, you know. Yeah, you've heard of that. That's so he falls asleep, and, you know, well, whose ears it's really easy to crawl into? Oh, my God. Dumbo's. Dumbo's elephant ears. Yes. Not only that, but there's actually evidence for anthropomorphized beings to be controlled by rats and mice in the Disney canon. And that evidence comes back to Ratatouille. Back to Ratatouille again. Back to Ratatouille, as always. So are you saying... My favorite Pixar movie. Well, because uh, Ratatouille was... Who did we say he was? Jimmy Cricket or something? Jimmy Cricket. Yes. Is Jimmy Cricket also Timothy Mouse? Jimothy. Timothy. Oh, my God. You're so close. Timothy Jimothy. I'm speechless. I know. I'm sorry. That's a shame because this is a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's going to be some pretty bad radio. Just, just enlighten me. What, what is your full theory? Okay, so full theory is that Timothy Jimothy Mouse over here mm. is trying to, like, he wants to get the circus going again. Perhaps he, you know, Jiminy Cricket, you know, perhaps he used to be Hugh Jackman and then he had to, mm. like, get in there and he got cursed to be a mouse after he was a cricket, the details are a little fuzzy on that, but we'll elucidate that more later. Mm-hmm. But he has to make the circus, like, popular again. And he sees this elephant, he's like, I can exploit you because I work for the circus, <laughs> so I know how to exploit people. And also animals, and just anything that I touch. And as we said, he's already incepted the ringmaster, so he knows how to do this. Exactly, he's very aware of his skills. The ringmaster mm-hmm. was really more of a practice thing than anything else. Like, yeah, he just wanted to see exactly. what he do it. This was his big test. 
Mm-hmm. And so what he actually did was he got into his mind that he staged this really elaborate show, probably using some of the um, reincarnated puppets from um, Stromboli's. Very reasonable. Just involved sort of in there. And then, so he puts on this elaborate puppet show, and then while that's all going on, and Dumbo is distracted, he hoists him up in a tree so he thinks he can fly. Wow. It's manipulative of poor little Dumbo. I'm saying it's very manipulative. Now, I do think in the end, Dumbo really can fly, mm. and I think Timothy Jimothy gets the surprise of his life. Mm. Well, but... so my theory about it would be, look, Dumbo learns how to fly subconsciously while he's out from drinking all this alcohol. Right. What uh, what kind of message does that send him in the future? Is Dumbo going to become an alcoholic? Is Dumbo going to, you know, like, they're like, Dumbo, it's time to fly. And he's like, not yet. I haven't finished my drink. And then, like, oh, he's no. like this grumpy little drunk teen. And, like, his, oh, no. and his mama Jumbo is like, I wish they had kept me locked away instead of having to see you like this. Well, Dumbo. to be fair, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure Mama Jumbo is dead. She's dead? No, she's she's at the end of the movie. <laughs> is she? Yeah, I haven't yeah. gotten there yet. Uh, spoilers, yes. She, she lives. <laughs> she lives. Hey, well, that's nice. I'll, there could be a different elephant. <laughs> Good point. I, I'm, I can't really tell them apart. Um, someone's, someone's wearing Jumbo, Mrs. Jumbo's yeah. clothes. You just put on the Jumbo hat and suddenly you're Mrs. Jumbo. Yeah. So, like... Um, we don't even know what her voice really sounds like. No, we don't. We, all we've heard is this disembodied... Uh, <laughs> yeah. What was it? Betty that Noyes, could be anyone. Yeah. yeah. So, that's that's a little bit of background on, <laughs> on I guess, that this is possible. The, the answer is maybe, but more likely it was Inception. So thank you, Amanda. Um, now, whether or not he was Incepted, uh, let's talk about what dream Dumbo does have, whether it was Incepted into him or truly alcohol. Let's do it. First off, Dumbo starts blowing all these bubbles. Specifically, Timothy Mouse, Jimothy, sorry, refers to them as balloonies, which I thought was cute. That is very and he, Dumbo is very cute. Dumbo is like the yes. one saving grace of this whole movie. Yeah, no, Dumbo Dumbo's very cute. Um Timothy looks into the into one of the bubbles that Dumbo blows and says, Hiya, George, which I don't know what that means and why he would say that. Maybe that's some expression. It could easily be. Uh, and then Dumbo starts blowing these big square bubbles and cube bubbles and stuff. And, and it honestly kind of reminded me of the SpongeBob episode where he has the yeah. bubble blowing contest. You bring it around oh, town. town. And a little of this, a little of that, a little this, this, that, that, this, this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've so, seen it, Frodo. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's an, it's an old episode, you know. It's, it's the second I mean, episode. Literally, that, yeah, that's like... it's. 19 years old so oh my gosh that is yeah what a time to be alive (laughs) yeah so it kind of reminds me of that he blows this big old bubble as big as he can blow and then the bubble turns into an elephant what a pink one to be precise now you may think disney is just uh, whoever was behind this had some crazy ideas about elephants and like like, where are they getting this idea from? Well, the answer is they are getting it from a real place. Ooh. So Disney is not pulling this idea of pink elephants and drunkenness being associated uh, out of nowhere. In fact, this is it's, uh, it's been a longstanding expression that uh, 
or, or a common uh, stereotypical idea that when one gets drunk, they hallucinate pink elephants. The first time it was recorded was in 1913 in the Jack London book, Jack Barleycorn. Uh, so in that, it was the first use in recorded literature of pink elephants as a stereotypical hallucination of the extremely drunk. So I guess Disney thought, hey, there's this concept of pink elephants being drunk. Why don't we just make our cute child elephant drink and see them? That'll be hilarious. And actually, the kind of, like, super dark thing about it is that the pink elephants come less from, like, the when you're drunk and more from the when you're in, like, deep withdrawal from alcohol. Um, Delirium tremens was the term for it, which is also now the name of a popular Mm. beer that uses pink elephant as its label. But, like, that's where the idea sort of came from. Like, you would see, like, hallucinations when you were, like, in withdrawal on your deathbed. Oh. Yeah. Um, you mean like when you're hungover? No, like when you're dying. Oh, okay. So Disney, I don't know why they thought that this concept of of all this would fit well into a children's movie. And Dumbo's uh, already not a children's movie. Yeah. This is a just a whole thing. <laughs> but I do think that it serves a narrative purpose. It gets us between Dumbo feeling really down, you know, we, we go into the song Dumbo's down, he saw his mom and he had to leave her, he's sad, and it, we have to get from that point to Dumbo now knows how to fly, and it, it do, that's what takes place during the song, so I think that it, it does serve a narrative purpose mm-hmm. in that he's kind of reaching his awakening, but he doesn't know he's doing it. Yeah, um, I'll, I mean, I'll I, allow I, it. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could have had a sequence where he... Just kind of is like, I'm really sad, but you know, I'm going to try to fly. And then he does, and it works, and then it's like, yay, he flies now. And especially if he was drunk, that would uh I'm going to jump off this building. Watch me go. Um, that wouldn't be good. He's just like drunkenly stumbling around trying to figure out yeah, how to fly. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not great. Um, so I think it does serve a purpose of getting us to the next point when Dumbo ends up in a tree at the end of the song. I mean, I, I think that, like, it does transition us into that next moment and hey speaking of transitions let's talk let's transition into talking about what happens in the song yeah um because a lot of stuff happens this is a really <laughs> it's packed both musically it is and packed, it's packed also animation wise mm-hmm. honestly my first thing like that i thought musically was that mm. it, i'm really sad we didn't do this in marching band yeah 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 it's a especially because it has different movements it's it's cool in that way yeah uh, it's, it's over a four minute song which i think is the longest song we've had so far Yes, um, I think so. If not, it's up there, certainly. Right, right. Musically, it's a long, complex song. And then the animation-wise, we've hinted at this, uh, you know, the hallucinations, but it's a surrealist artistic depiction of the song. So we have both complex music. I mean, I don't know if it's really complex. Like, if we had Dan on here, he might tell us that it's it's not <laughs> complex. But um, yeah, complex it's, for It's Disney. actually quite simple. And, you know, this movement yeah, is the right, same right. as this one. It's, right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> but we don't know. Um, right, so... Complex for Disney music, along with this surrealist art form. We'll talk. I'll talk more about that. But let's just go into the song. Okay, let's do it. I do have written down the first sequence of the song, uh, or movement, whatever, mm-hmm. is a spooky march sequence. That's what I have a title. <laughs> spooky march, uh, and that's because you have Dumbo blows out an elephant bubble. And those elephants begin to multiply, and eventually they start blowing trumpets, and they start marching around in, in circles, and on top of each other, and over each other, mm-hmm. and stepping on each other. Uh, but sure. it is a march. 
You know, it's not that, not that. <laughs> it goes. That's that's the main uh the main music behind it. Pink elephants um, on parade. Yes, but the the key in this first sequence that I'm calling the spooky march sequence, it does not have any lyrics yet. So this is purely an instrumental song right now, and it is sort of like an elephant band. You have the elephants blowing the trumpets. You have when there's honking sounds, they're stepping on each other to make those songs. There's an elephant that has a um, a handheld cowbell type thing that's making percussion sounds with it. Um, you even have a sequence where the elephants, uh, their chests flash this yellow light that almost looks like a like a marching band uniform to me. So, so you definitely have this marching band. Uh, th- you have this marching band stuff. I would um, love to know where the elephant flute player is, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a very brassy intro. It's yeah. not this part. It's not very. We'll get a little bit of flute and woodwind later, but right now it's very brassy. And I think there's a couple interesting things about the animation. First of all, there's a lot of differences in size and, and shape size, size, and size. number of elephants. Yeah, exactly. The, you get the elephants, some are big, some are small. Uh, sometimes they hit each other and they multiply in number. Sometimes fly, they, fly, they, fly. Yeah. The lyrics are telling you right there. <laughs> uh, a different song. But yeah, um, sometimes they they combine and they become a, a, a fewer elephants. Uh, there's also variations of color, like we were saying, where you have the flashes of, of color on of yellow on some of the elephants. Um, and the shape, too. You know, that Some of these elephants are different shapes than others, have different head shapes. So I do think it's really cool how... Disney is playing with, uh, I have written all, there's more dimensions they play with in the later Mm -hmm. sections, but in this first section, size, number, shape, and color I've written down. Uh, And not only that, they ultimately uh, break the fourth wall. Did you notice that part? Ooh, no, I didn't. Do tell. Yeah, so we now have a lot of little elephants. We start off with a few big ones, but now there's a bunch of little ones, Mm -hmm. and they start marching around in a circle, and that circle frames the screen and we actually see Dumbo this is one of the few times you see him during the song and he's kind of looking at these elephants as they march around the screen and it's almost like a breaking the fourth wall moment because you have the animators kind of saying hey these elephants are existing on the planes of on the borders of this screen that you're watching oh that's fair I didn't really think of it that way but I like it yeah so it's weird and before we go on I do want to talk a little bit about surrealism Mm. So surrealism was a, a cultural movement that began in the early 20th century, and it's often known for uh, both writing but mostly visual mm-hmm. artworks. You have a lot of things that are not realistic. You know, they're surreal. Hey. And, uh, they feature elements of surprise, unexpected ju- juxtapositions, non sequitur. That's just what's written on Wikipedia, but that, that all <laughs> seems to pretty much uh, apply here. You know, you have unexpected juxtapositions of elephants and size and and shifting size, to different size, images. Size. Yeah. You might think like is Disney really thinking about surrealism or is he just kind of or were they just kind of like let's just put a bunch of weird stuff on the screen. Um in fact, Disney has a very direct tie to surrealism, which makes me think this might have been intentional. Ooh. Um and and that is that have you heard of the Disney short film called Destino. Hoo-hoo. Despacito. Wait, no. No, 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 Destino. Uh, Destino actually came out in 2003, 
Um, but it had been in production since 1945. It was a collaboration between Disney and Salvador Dali, Hoo-hoo. who worked on the animation of this, this short film. And Salvador Dali is a very famous surrealist painter, yeah. probably the most Paint- famous. He's from he did Spain. the melting clocks. Right. He did the melting clock stuff. If you've been to Spain, uh, you will you will, uh, can see that in the um, the Modern Art Museum. Uh, I think it's called the like Reina Sofia Museum. Or maybe not. I don't remember. I, I have not been there, alas. Yeah. Well, I have, but I can't remember. Um, <laughs> also, if you've ever been uh, to Hammond, Indiana, which is not a place most people have been, uh, they have, no, a, for some reason, a mural of Dali's Clark clocks uh, painting on one of their buildings. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah. If you've ever been to Madrid or this random industrial town in Indiana, you will have seen some <laughs> Dali or just any other cultural thing um, in the last, you know... 50 years or so yeah disney actually seems interested in surrealism like we said fantasia has some of these surrealist elements so disney's definitely interested in this since he commissioned a whole uh short film a whole short film with dali a whole short film yeah and he did fantasia so i i think that this is intentional i think disney was trying to do this i don't think that they uh were just like throw some some on the screen to buy us five minutes because we're poor now because of uh because of our prior failures i think that this is actually like something they wanted to do um i can get behind that yeah so now that we've talked about the spooky march sequence the way that one uh then very abruptly like i said these abrupt transitions and juxtapositions it transitions to what i call the lyric sequence and that's where we hear the same melodies before but it's with lyrics it starts off with like elephants walking through windows and on mm-hmm. stairs, which in and itself is very like Dolly esque, like yeah, s- stairs that don't end, gets or more Escher esque, I guess, but still that kind of like weird sort of stuff. Yeah, Th- this all has a dark background, so it's not exactly clear where things are going or where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. I- I've written down that um, in that first section, they talk a lot, of- they do a lot with shape and color and size, size, this- size, size. It's the last time, I promise. Yeah, in this this section, they do a lot with perspective um they you were were in these looking at these weird these angles the elephants are coming through windows the next sequence they're upside down and then we see there's a bed hanging from the ceiling and then it flips and there's a bed now yeah. right up and all the elephants are upside down so they're playing with perspective a lot they also play with color and you, you see plaid elephants and uh green and blue yeah so you, they're playing with color a lot i mean honestly all i was thinking was just like why? Why? And, like, even with understanding, like, the, the influences of, like, surrealism and stuff, which is all super cool, mm. like, it's just a weird sequence. Like, I was just, like, uh, you know, which is, like, the least helpful analysis I've ever offered, <laughs> I think, on, like, yeah. anything. But I just, it just freaks me out, this whole song. It makes me nervous. Well, let's talk about a little bit about the lyrics. It says, look out, look out, pick off, it's on parade, here they come. Uh, hippity hoppity. Again, here. almost the same lyrics as Heffalumps and Woozles. Yeah. But this this repeating of look out, look out, they're walking around the bed on their head. They say technical or packet terms are too much for me. I'm not the type to faint when things are odd or things are quaint. The the sort of minor uh, key, seemingly, of the song, along with the fact that we're saying look out, right. these elephants. Uh, the next lyrics then go on. A couple of elephants pop up and say, what'll I do? What'll I do? What an unusual view. And they're clearly scared. You know, if, if the first section wasn't scary enough for you, now the lyrics are coming in saying, like, hey, this is some scary sh**. Right? Like, it's not like the lyrics are like, we love elephants, and it just looks weird. Like, no, they're like, 
this is scary, this is scary. Right. And in a way, like, it shouldn't freak me out or surprise me, because Disney, like, this, these are, this is the days and the age of dark Disney. Like, there's a lot of Snow White that was really creepy, mm. there's a lot of Pinocchio that was really scary. Yeah. Fantasia was a mm. hellscape in many different aspects of it, sometimes literally. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah. I don't know why this unsettles me so much, but I think it kind of, it's because it reminds me more of a nightmare than anything else. Like, you know when you have those nightmares where you're like, Sometimes when, you, when you're, like, little, but also sometimes as an adult, where you're, like, all you want to do is put your head under the covers and just, like, hope everything around you stops. Yeah, yeah. And, like, or, like, you can feel yourself running, like, in a nightmare, but, like, you're running mm-hmm. really slowly and you're, you're like, kind of half-floating because you can't get away fast enough. Yeah. That's what the song feels like to me. It's like a panic attack in a song. I, I, I think it is panic. I mean, they, it's, there's one part where they say, chase him away, chase him away, I'm afraid, need your aid. Yeah. Uh, so this is definitely a call for help. And I don't want to, like, hold this, that against the song, because I think it's does no. what it does really well. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does a good job of depicting that horror. Right. What do you think of the the giant elephant head man? You mean the demon elephant man that's come to take my children away if I had any children? Yeah, yeah. So I, I called him in my notes, I called him a uh, elephant megazord, because <laughs> he is, there's a bunch of colored elephant heads that are kind of two-dimensional, and they all combine and form this three-dimensional being that walks towards us, but his whole body is just made of heads, and it reminded me of, if you've ever seen Power Rangers. It's they been have a while. Things. The zords are individual little vehicles that people, the Power Rangers ride, but then when they combine, they form this kind of multicolored man who... Each of the Zords together forms the Megazord. So it, it looks it looks very much like a Megazord, if you um if you are aware of what a Megazord is. Did the Megazord succeed in stealing your children? I mean, I don't have children, so perhaps maybe. Okay. Like if if it <laughs> right, steal children right. and also mind wipe you of the memory of having had children, then yes, I suppose. Mm. Um no, it also reminded yeah. me of like I forget, are you a Doctor Who person? No, I'm not. Uh, but you can... Please go ahead. Yeah, so there's one episode that is, like, frequently considered to be the worst episode of, like, New Who. New Who being, like, the new series mm-hmm. with Christopher Eccleston starting. And it was this... It involves this monster, like, eats people and absorbs it onto its body. So you just see, like, this, like, mm-hmm. big gray, like, swamp yeah, yeah. thing with, like, faces all over it. And the episode Ooh. is terrible, and so is this <laughs> creature. And I guess a positive thing for you is that... Uh, eventually, he is chased away. Yeah, eventually we samba. Yeah, once the lyrical sequence is over, we then go on to our, our little ethnic tour of uh, of the world, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. The elephant eyes become pyramids, there's elephant camels, belly dancers, and we're now in seemingly Egypt or some sort of Middle Eastern thing. Um, I'm sure that they were not specific thinking enough right, to be Egypt. Right, Um so we're, we're also getting closer to your flute. We now have clarinet instead of... There's a little trumpet, but but it's mostly clarinet. Okay, well, let, uh, first of all, section, I would so much rather have all trumpets than have a clarinet get anywhere near me. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. I was just saying we're getting closer to flutes. It's true. We're approaching maybe. woodwinds. Yes. I mean, we could go into a long talk about the, the ethnic appropriation we have here. Um, again, I think this this goes back to kind of what we talked about in other episodes where it's a little bit on, more on the on the trying to show you something cool around the world than it is to try to uh, be negative about a certain culture. Um, the belly dancer is weird, especially when her belly turns into an eyeball. The belly, the belly dancer bit's not great, and then, then it turns into an eyeball, and that part is, again, the stuff of nightmares. 
Like it's it reminds me of the um the scene in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the old one with Gene Wilder, where they're going through the tunnel of nightmares or whatever. Yeah, I actually kind of wonder if that was influenced by this. It it, it almost seems uh like like how couldn't it have been influenced by this? I mean, this seems to be one of the first like like do we know is this the first like super surreal like like dream sequence quote unquote in like modern film? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I haven't seen all modern films. The, the one that comes to my mind is there's a dream sequence in the movie Vertigo, but that didn't come out until the fifties. Okay, that's, uh, that's Jimmy Stewart has a dream sequence, and that's a Alfred Hitchcock horror film. So okay. yeah, again, we're looking at dream sequences in horror films, but then also children's movies, um, which is which is weird. Yeah. But going back to the, the Middle Eastern sequence, I think that at least we're cheering up a little bit. You know? We are cheering up. It's getting better. Yeah, the eye is still scary, but uh, most of the images here are not scary images. Also, the lyrics are gone, so we don't have these horrified voices anymore. One thing I should mention about those voices is that uh, IMDb says that, that Mel Blanc was one of them, and so was... Oh. Um, and one of them was Thurl Ravenscroft. And Thurl, we talked about, was one of the Tiki Room birds. Right, right, right. But these were all uncredited, so it, I don't know exactly how accurate that all is. Um, the Sportsman sure. Quartet, who's also been around, has also contributed to this. So um, who knows? But they all made those weird sounds. But now we have none of those anymore. We're not scared anymore. Uh, it's, it's Maybe we're a little racist, but not too bad. Um, <laughs> and then at the end of this, we have... Uh, some trumpets blast and we have Always. curtains come down and now we are into what i have titled the waltz sequence it's a good I, I think this is my favorite sequence just like a better version of the hippo dance from fantasia mm-hmm. like it just two elephants yeah yeah just waltzing they're kind of see-through then there's mm-hmm. more elephants and they're all just dancing yeah. and it's nice and like you can sort of peek your head out from beneath the covers where you fold them up over your head and just be like oh well, this is not ideal, but this is better than it was. Yeah. I mean, I've liked it all so far. I've, I've been having a great time. I've, I've been very afraid. Um, but I, I can see how it's more positive. I think it's cool. Like you mentioned, the, the outlined elephants. I, I think it's cool how we're, each time we have a transition, the elephants appear a little different. So now they have, mm-hmm. they're almost see-through, like you said. Yeah. Uh, they and do they do seem to fit like, the sort of aesthetic of this, of this music a little bit more, you know? Like, they're a little bit more ethereal. And there is some flute we have now. It is yes. here. We've finally reached the flute. We're emerging! In that way, when there's ice skating and waltzing and flute, it kind of reminds me of the sequence from Fantasia for the Nutcracker Suite, um, where we had yeah. fairies dancing around to flutes. But yeah, this, this is a waltz. It's in three, this section. Yeah, I thought this was just, like, a nice sequence to kind of ease us out. Mm-hmm. And then, but we're not going to get eased out because even though this waltz has slowed down the tempo, mm. the final sequence is the Latin music that I've, I'm calling it the Latin music sequence. It might be a samba. I'm not entirely sure. It's something. But the, the tempo picks up and we have this, we have the claves going with this, this kind of beat. <laughs> um, it, it keeps getting faster as the song goes and it's, it's exciting. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I like this beat. I mean, honestly, like, once we hit the waltz, I'm into this. Like, I'm no longer scared. It's nice. Like, it's fun. Yeah. I like a little bit of samba going on in my life. So, yeah, I'm into it. As long as yeah. there's no more, like, terrifying clown evil demon <laughs> elephant masks, like, I'm fine with this mm. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's upbeat with the claves, like I said. Everything's now red. It's not no longer pink elephants. Now they have lightning bolts that they're shooting at each other. But they're all, they all seem smiling and happy. 
They're in love. I guess when they say people have like electricity sparks sparks flying between them, this is it. It's like a Taylor Swift song yeah. in here. Like they seem to be digging each other, um, and they, they end up multiplying. Uh, so again, we have playing with number and then color because they turn orange and stuff, and they're they are pink and black, and that switches around. Yeah, it's cool to see them like interact and sort of jump off of each other. Yeah. There is something I want to point out. I mentioned that there's five sequences, mm-hmm. and you might think, like, why do they put these five? Why do they pick these five random sequences? The music sounds kind of different in all of them, but there actually is a little portion of the melody that it moves from the first section to the second, to the third, to the fourth, to the fifth, and stays consistent-ish throughout the the song. So that's something I want to talk about uh, in this section of Professor Frodo's word of the day, and that word is motif. This is Professor Frodo's word of the day. Today's word of the day is motif. A motif is a short musical idea or short succession of notes that has some special importance in a musical composition. While notes may be the atoms of the music world, motifs are the molecules, as they are the smallest structural unit of music possessing thematic identity. A motif may appear as a short melodic idea, recognizable through its repetition. These small pieces of melody would reappear throughout a piece of music, sometimes exactly the same and sometimes changed. A famous example of this is the four-note fate motif from Beethoven's Fifth Symphony which opens the symphony and then is repeated throughout the work in various forms. You'll recognize that four-note sequence as the famous dun-dun-dun-dun. Pink Elephants on Parade features a three-note motif that is recognizable through its repetition throughout the piece. Let's first listen to part of the first movement of the song, the Spooky March sequence. In that section, the three-note motif appears prominently in the melody. You can hear it as... Next, let's listen to part of the lyric sequence. Look out! Look out! Meet elephants on parade! Here they come! Hippity-hoppity! They're here! And there are big elephants everywhere! Look out! Look out! That second section of the song is very similar to the first, with the only primary difference being the presence of lyrics. The use of the motif is also very similar, although here it is associated with the lyrics on parade and here they come, and also with the lyrics around the bed on their head. Next, the motif begins to change its sound as we enter the Egyptian or Middle Eastern movement. In that section, we heard constant repetition of the motif, as it was played by some sort of woodwind instrument. You can hear it when it goes, da 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 One, two, three, that's the three notes. Although the notes are not exactly the same as in the first two sections due to the varied pitches and rhythms, the three-note succession of the melody is still similar enough to be recognizable to the listener. And this allows the third section of Pink Elephants on Parade to maintain its musical ties to the first two sections of the piece. Of key importance in our ability as a listener to recognize the motif each time it appears throughout the piece is that the first note of the three always is the highest pitch, 
The second note is always the lowest pitch, and the third note is higher than the second, but not as high as the first. And this common sequence appears in all forms of the motif throughout Pink Elephants on Parade, despite how the pitches or rhythms might change. So it's always number one, high, two, low, three, medium. Now let's listen to the waltz sequence. There again, the rhythm of the notes differs from before, as does their articulation. Now let's listen to the Latin sequence, the final movement of the piece. The pace of the song definitely picks up, and the motif might not be featured quite as prominently as it was before, but if you listen, you can still hear it. It appears like this. Da 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 one two three da 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 one two three. So, although it may not be Beethoven's fifth, Pink Elephant's on Parade contains a recognizable repeated melody all of its own. This repeated melody allows all of the divergent sections of Pink Elephant's on Parade to be tied together neatly around a simple but noteworthy three-note motif. And that's my word of the day. This has been Professor Frodo's Word of the Day. Whoa, what a day. I love music. I didn't even pick up on that the first, you know, however many times I listened to it. I always thought like, oh, this is just a bunch of unrelated music. But you can right, really, right. Uh, you, if you really li- listen to it, you can hear the the commonalities Um now, again, I don't know why they thought, like, let's replay this motif in yeah. a Middle Eastern style with clarinet, and then a salsa style, and then a waltz style, but they did, and I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think um, it does work, too. Like, even though, like, the songs, all the bits are kind of, they're a little bit disjointed, but, like, it never feels like it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Or, ah, how did that come out of there? Like, yeah. you, they, they flow into each other nicely, even if the animation is terrifying. The music is, like, I <laughs> like the music a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, ultimately... I said it was speeding up with the Latin sequence. The It almost goes off the rails as the song ends. It gets faster and faster and faster. We start seeing cars out of nowhere until like the sounds are just not totally off from the beat. They're like... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and, and finally there's an explosion and the elephants go flying and they turn into clouds and we kind of hear a little uh, peaceful flute lullaby as day breaks. I like a little peaceful flute lullaby. Mm. I like how what they did was they they started the song off crazy, they slowed it down for us, and then they sped it back up and uh, to build up the the climax and the tension again, and then they they let it out in this uh, this flute little uh, soft ending. It's a soft landing for Dumbo as he as he lands in the tree, and we see in the, the clouds. tree. But it is. It, I think it's nice how you see the elephants settle into the cloud formation. Yeah, no, it is nice. It's like, oh, okay, this is this trip is over. We're good. Mm. So, what are your what are your overall thoughts on the song, then, Frodo? Amanda, why don't you go first? Because I, mine is going to be climactic, so I want to go last. Oh, how do you know that mine's not going to be amazing and climactic and fantastic, Frodo? It's not because so mine. It's fine. Uh, just trust me. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm excited. So I'm going to give this. And I think my score is actually going to surprise you. I'm going to give it 7 mm. out of 10 flaky elephant ears. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's your highest of the of the movie so far, unless you 
up Casey Jr. like you've been saying you're going Casey to. Casey Jr. I'm going to, but I'm going to save that for the finale episode so I can like mm. really like be like, and coming from behind, Casey Jr. Mm-hmm. So pretend yeah. my score for Casey Jr. didn't exist. Um, Casey Jr. is coming, coming from behind. Track, I was playing Ticket to Ride with some friends the other night, and I played Casey Jr. on a loop for like 10 minutes until Dustin made me stop. <laughs> but then it didn't matter that I'd stop because it was, everyone was just sort of humming themselves like, it's a good song. I'm a fan. Because <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, 7 out of 10 elephant ears. Because I think like, like the animation kind of freaks me out. But like, yeah, I think that shows that it's evocative. You know, like yeah. I don't love listening to it, but I think it's a really interesting piece of music. And I think that the way the transition between the elements is really interesting. The lyrics are nothing to like write home about, but the music is super interesting to me. Yeah, so seven seems like a fair score. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go take you all back a little bit um, to my youth, and that <laughs> is watching the Disney sing along songs videos. Um, yes, this song was always a highlight for me, and. You know, I was an anxious little kid, but for some reason, this never quite scared me. It was more of like an exciting fear. This was always exciting for me. Um, it was weird. It was different. The music was complex. Mm-hmm. And I um, I heard it enough times, I guess, growing up that it became catchy to me that like I, I learned the music. I could imagine if you haven't seen this before and you watch it for the first time, you're kind of like, what was that? But right. like, I, now I know the song well enough that, that for me, it's like familiar and I like it. Um, so that is some background. This isn't the first time I'm encountering this song. Sure, um, sure. I, I I really I know that it, it's it seems out of place, but I like how it it takes us from one part of Dumbo and transitions us to another. Um, I think it's a really gutsy move by Disney to do that. Uh, I know we've been really ragging on him, but the fact <laughs> that he was willing to put this Fantasia-like sequence into uh, what is otherwise a seemingly other racist, a children's movie. <laughs> I think it was really gutsy. And yeah. I think it, honestly, I think it works well um, in the movie. I think it, 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 it brings us from the sort of the complications middle part of the movie to, it almost creates its own climax and then brings us to, to the, well, it's not exactly the climax, but it, 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 it brings us to the, the kind of final sequence of the movie. Right. Um, when, Dumble learns that he can fly, and then he he flies, and everything is good. So I I think that it the fact that it's scary serve even if it doesn't serve narratively, it serves kind of emotionally to like up the stakes of the movie at this point, which I think is good since like I guess we we've been emotional before, but I don't know. I, I feel like the, <laughs> the movie is kind of meandering along a little bit until this the sequence. I can get behind really that. Turns it up. And then the sequence itself, I think the music is really interesting. I mean, I like how it's written. Um, I like how the lyrics are used. I, I think that um, not only are the lyrics good, but the way they're delivered is very, uh, it's just good performance by the voice actors, whoever they are, um, <laughs> to really, uh, you get the sense of their, their fear and uh, just, just just in the expressions, like, the look out, look out, just the way it's Pink whispered. Pink elephants or, on parade, yeah. have um, and whistles. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like the performance. And then... I think the animation is not only interesting, but but I think it's by far the best we've seen so far in terms of animation. I think it's really beautiful how the and artistic how it's done with, like I said, playing with color and number and size and shape and perspective. Uh, just a bunch of things that we don't see a lot. I, I, we haven't yet watched or talked about the next song, but then, but I've I've seen it. The next song is the crow song. Pretty much that whole song is just a close up on the characters. 
Right. There's no change in perspective. And seeing this have like so much change in perspective and, and, and scope uh, is really interesting. I know I'm blabbing a lot about this, uh, <laughs> and that's because I'm going to be giving this song an A-plus <gasps> for Pink Elephants. Oh, my and goodness gracious. That is my highest score I've given so far. It is now the so number one So this is your favorite song, song out of 19. thus far. I know When You Wish Upon a Star is a more classic Disney song, but honestly, to me, this is a classic, too. It took Disney to a place that Disney hadn't been before. It took it to a, a sort of adult place. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that because of the alcohol, right. although that you could say that. Um, <laughs> I'm saying that because... But it, it, it is it a more really... mature song than we've seen otherwise, especially otherwise in Dumbo. Right. And, and, and adult doesn't mean that it's not something that kids can relate to. It's just, it's something that isn't necessarily face value. So for all the reasons mm-hmm. I've said... And plus the fact that I just really like the I like the melody. Um, I like how it has a beginning, a middle, another middle, and then an end. I just really like it. It's my favorite Disney song that we've covered so far. I know you've been talking about Half Olympus and Woozles, and I like that one, but this is this is better for me. So. Well, we've we've got quite a ways to go before we hit Half Olympus and Woozles, so we've got a little time to, for you to change your mind on that yeah. one. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what song's going to eventually dethrone this. Yeah. If you think that I'm crazy for for rating this so highly, you know, please tweet at us or email us. We're at wishapotastar.com. You can see our contact info there. My Twitter is FrodoTL for Frodo the Lawyer. Amanda, yours is Quaniac, right? Yep, at Quaniac. Yeah, so if you think I'm an idiot, you know, tweet at me. If you think that Amanda's smarter than me, uh, you can tweet at me and tell me that too. Whatever, just just tweet at us. Yeah. Use the Twitter. Just generally tweet. I'm excited that we're going to wrap up Dumbo next. Yeah, yeah, we'll be wrapping up Dumbo next. Yeah. But thank you for listening to me blab for an hour justifying <laughs> uh, why I like the song so much. I thought it was good blabbing. I, I liked it. Thank you. This has been Frodo the Lawyer. This is Amanda the Person. And thank you for listening to Wish a Pot of Star. Pink Elephants is fun, but don't do drugs. <laughs>